Welcome to the Power of Being You podcast, where we interview people who are out in the world creating change by being authentically themselves. Come along with us as we discover tips and tools that you can use to shine your brilliance even brighter. I'm Sarah Grandinetti, and I'm excited to explore the power of being you. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Power of Being You podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Grandinetti, and I am super excited to introduce to you today one of my dear friends, Yvonne Gomez. We went to school together um, years ago in cosmetology school and became very close. I recently reached out to Yvonne because I had a young person come to me who was having feelings and was feeling attracted to the same sex. And I thought that Yvonne would know exactly what to say. And so I reached out to her and she gave me some really beautiful advice. So I asked her to come on today and share her coming out story and um, what she would like young people to know. So welcome, Yvonne. Hi there. I really appreciate you having me on. I think it's interesting. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever told you my coming out story. You did. One of the things that you said just before we started recording was like, I don't have any credential. I don't, I'm just a person with the story that, you know, might contribute to people. So do you want to speak a little bit about that and where you're coming from, even in this conversation? Like what I was saying was it's not spectacular. Like I don't have a super huge traumatic story. I want parents to hear it. I wish my parents had heard it, you know? Um, Okay. Growing up. Catholic school, there's there's a small school, there's a lot of like feeding of information and and what's going to happen and where we're going and afterlife and and how you live your life for, you know, 12 years. So the way I like to describe it is when, when all the little girls in class at whatever grade, what, like second grade, maybe were giggling because Johnny ran by and like punched Susie in the arm or threw corn nuts on her table and it was all like very humorous. And I was like, I don't get it. Like, I'm not, I'm not amused. <laughs> I'm not tickled. Like, I just really realized like how different my reaction was to those little things that were happening. And then on the other end of the spectrum. So in this school, because it was like first through eighth grade, my older brother and I at, for two years went to the same school. He was six years older than me. And all all the girls liked him, super cute guy. And so all the girls that were chasing after him or wanted his attention would come like play with me, (laughs) you know, fix my pigtails or my uniform dress. And, and I was like, like, yes, like, yes, fix it. Like adjust me. And I don't know where that came from, but it was like from the womb. I was this, I was destined to be all of this and nothing was ever going to not be this. Um, so, so yeah, so I just realized like I was different, like I was not having the same reactions and I didn't know why. And I'm, you know, I'm, maybe I'm a late bloomer. Maybe I'm going to be a nun. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> no, I never thought I was going to be a nun. I never thought that, but, um, but that's when I started figuring out that maybe my, my enjoyment of that kind of attention at times came from like, oh, I'm going to be different. And now I have to grapple with this because that's like my doom. Like that's um, like, do I say anything or do I not say anything? Like I'm destined for not entering the pearly gates or whatever I'm being taught at the time. And like having this like guilt of something that I had done to my family or like 
you know, also I'm Hispanic. So I'm supposed to like walk, dad walks me down the aisle. I have all the babies and I take care of the parents. When it came out, I wasn't ready. When they say the L word, when that show came out, I was, it was like what was happening in my internal monologue when I was a kid was that it's the L word, just like the F word. You don't say it out loud. If you don't speak it, it won't give it energy. And I could just say I'm bi or something. And like, I'm trying to figure it out. So when you're in school in like the seventh, eighth grade, whatever, you have to write that paper, like, you know, pick a topic, like a, a newsworthy topic to debate. What side do you land on abortion or capital punishment or something? Like you have to pick one of those topics. I picked homophobia. And uh, yeah, for sure about myself. And then I'm like thinking, what do I know about it? Like, I'm not even really sure what I am and I'm not out and I haven't like experienced it. Like, like people in the news had, you know, so crumble it up because it's back in the old days when we printed on paper and like sometimes typed. So I crumble up that paper and I throw it away <laughs> and someone finds it. Someone in my household and then shows it to my parents. And then it's like Easter Sunday. I'll never forget. It's Easter Sunday. We have the whole party. Everyone always came to our house because we had the swimming pool barbecue the whole nine we walk grandma out at the end of the evening everybody's leaving and i turn around and there's like a chair positioned and they're like is this true front pull the paper is this true and i'm like yeah in my head like i admit it now get it over with rip the band-aid or deny it for like ever yeah and I wasn't ready to say it. I, got, I, I wanted to be ready to say it. I wanted to be able to accept it for myself and like swallow this and like feel whole and feel like I was coming to, to an understanding of myself and bring it out. And I didn't have the opportunity to do that. And I was like, yeah, it's true. And in, in my mind, when I felt safe saying it, it's because I, like, I thought I was like, my mom was a big fruit fly. Like all her friends were gay, like always. Like she, we're, we were social people. People always came to our house. My parents always had parties or went out with people. And so there was always people coming and going. And all of my mom's friends and coworkers that she hung out with and went to clubs with, they were gay men. Did that feel make you feel like you would be more accepted or? Just in that moment, as I'm processing everything really quickly, like, like why shouldn't I be able to say it? Like, they're, they're fine. They're not, they're not conservative. Despite the fact that, like, I went to Catholic school, that was really just, like, they want me to go to a good college one day. It wasn't necessarily because they're, like, be chased you know it was just more like <laughs> i had a big brain and they're like well let's not put you in public school let's put you in like college prep courses so so um yeah so i i assumed like i'd be okay saying it but then it just was it didn't land the way <laughs> the way i guess i thought it was going to and it was just um like it felt like i just devastated my family with this news I mean, we talk about it later. Like, it, I was always this. If you look at any picture of me, when I'm like two in pigtails and a dress, I'm crying. My mom and I always fought. She always tried to take me shopping and be like, let's be girlfriends and get our nails done. And I'm like, like, shoot me. Can this be over with? Like, like, we were always fighting. We didn't get along because it was always her dragging me to the mall or her picking clothes for me that I would never wear. And it's like, was not new information and so when I talk about it in retrospect like you knew right she's like yeah I knew like I kind of figured but like always kind of hoped that it wasn't and I'm like well thanks <laughs> you know yeah so what what was it like in in your family 
when you were tipped like was it a tiptoeing energy like okay now everybody knows but I'm still not allowed to like be it or talk about it or ask yeah. questions or bring a girl home or it felt like a process it felt like um like initially it was the process like the seven steps of like mourning or grieving or it felt like that happened for sure um there was months of crying there was a lot of one-on-one -on -one conversations with almost like any family member I was close to must have been summoned to come have a conversation with me as I like hit in my room, I always hit in my room anyways. I was the kind of kid like at my birthday parties, I was in my room while they were hitting the pinata. I don't know why. I'm pretty extroverted now. I don't know what was happening then, but like, so even before anything came out and like this whole like elephant in the room started happening, like I was always just kind of like, mm, I don't feel like you could do, I'm gonna play with my rocks and my string in my room. And, uh, but, but everyone came in to like console me or to reassure me like, like uh, my brother, he was the one that found the paper and he wanted to like reassure me that like that they still love me, you know, they still love me, reassure me. And then like aunts that I was close to would um, would come visit and like spend a day with me and take me out to like get, you know, soda or something. And then just let me know like, yeah, everyone has a phase. You know, it's normal to have a phase, but how do you know? Like it's, I was really close to my best friend too or whatever okay. and then yes yeah, so there was a lot of that there was the therapy the like like i need to see a therapist and then when i saw the therapist the therapist was like it feels like your parents are the ones that need to be here because they're the ones that seem to be struggling like you kind of seem pretty sure and i'm like yeah, yeah yeah i'm pretty sure about like who would pick this who when they had to trust me like how hard do i really want to make it for myself when i'm in my adolescence huh just life is just not exciting enough that <laughs> I think I need to switch it up and really like do something different. So there was that. And then later, um, just, I didn't bring anybody home. Like once I started dating and going out or having friends in the social life, like my parents thought actually something was wrong with me because I, they had zero witness to what my life was after that. Like I just, if I had friends, I would go visit them. They're usually older. They would pick me up and I'd be like in San Diego or Northern California or like they would not be able to find the body if something happened to me because I was just going to be gone. I was going to be not there. Um, did it create any depression for you or did you always keep your kind of, your oh head? yeah, for sure. For sure. Cause like I had potential, like I could have fucking been somebody that's that's why like I had straight A's and I didn't like nothing happened there but I also just had zero drive or desire to do or try anything there was definitely like the, like I'd rather I wasn't suicidal but if a bus hit me but if it hits me like say la vie so be it that'd just be easier for everybody yeah so like when it came time for like college applications like I didn't I didn't and I hate it when you look back had it been like like just like a cool high five and then that was the end of it or maybe even never brought up or you know that's been delightful but would it have changed your motivation for college and those things do you get now looking back for sure because like I love gold stars seeing the like red smiley face on my paper and um it was easy like like I didn't have to study I didn't have to try 
real hard yet. And so I was like, yeah, I can do this. Like I was like determined that I was going to be a lifelong student, not just because I was programmed into me because of my success at it. And everyone was like, yeah, yeah, yeah you're going to be a doctor. You're going to be this. You're gonna be this. But I was like, yeah, I am. Be that thing. So Yvonne, did they stop telling you you were going to be great things once they found out that you were gay? It was more like, like what's going to happen to you? Why are you trying to be a boy? Like, why are you trying to be this this thing like what are you doing kind of a lot of those questions the focus went more on what you were doing wrong rather than what you were being that was working and what what future what i was doing wrong how hard life is going to be for me um how um much maybe i was just naive and not um exploring enough like i was making a choice like this was a decision i was making and then, so a lot of this was fear for them, like fear-based, like my dad and I were super, super close. And I thought that he was going to be the one that was really going to like struggle, like with the whole like idea of he wasn't necessarily going to have grandbabies coming from me or walk me down the aisle in that like picturesque little, like I'm going to be in a dress and we're, he's, we're going to dance. I mean, like I, I could tell that those ideas faded for them, but it was more like, bad things are going to happen to you. There's a whole world out there that is not okay with it. And we don't necessarily think that it's okay. And so we need you to try to conform to something that's going to be a little bit more palatable so that you can just make it. So we're on one end, I had like all these grand things that I was going to accomplish in life. Now it was more like, man, how are you going to get by thing? Yeah. And so my question to you so when I reached out to you about this young person one of the poignant things that you said to me was we have to reverse engineer this so can you talk a little bit about that because what I hear is the thing that I didn't want to have created for this person I didn't want all of the projections of how awful their life might be to kind of seep into their reality and then become their point of view about where they stand in the world or what they could create especially at such a young age so I was like, okay, I need more information. I haven't walked this path, but I, so reaching out to you was really in, in the choice to create a different future, create a different possibility, be something so different that this didn't have to actually take place. So when you said reverse engineer it, I would love for you to tell our listeners more yeah. about what that means. Okay. Reverse engineer it, meaning what, what sort of adult do we want here? We all insert our hopes and dreams for them. I don't think we real we realize how much we are interjecting and projecting the path that we think they should take to get there as well. So so let's let's not worry about the path and let's not worry about like what our ideas of how they're going to get there is. But ultimately, we want like a happy, healthy, mentally healthy, physically healthy, emotionally healthy person who has a very fulfilling life. And what is going to get in the way of that? Like so, let's not do those things. And let's figure out what those things are now. <laughs> so like when I have conversations with my mom now, cause now we're close and it really, really took this long for us to like be adults and have an adult conversation because it was never going to happen when I was her child. And we just had a lifetime of not understanding. Now that we have these conversations and I'm like, I don't know if you realize what you made me feel what during that whole process and, and kind of like what it did to me. She's like, God, that's like, that's not what I meant. I just was fearful for you. I go out into the world presenting myself in as comfortable as I, I feel like I want to be. People make decisions about me. They see me coming and they have an idea of whether or not they feel like grappling with me and my kind and who and what I am and who and what I'm after. 
And so they, they make a decision. Like they think I'm after something. So I've had to learn how to read people, energy and read people's um, body language and read their cues that they're, that they're giving me because I either have to learn how to like finesse my way out of like a really potentially dangerous situation or I have to be ready for it. And this is pre-woke days. Yeah. Like right now it's super trendy. I didn't live in that world yet. It wasn't that place yet. So I had to deal with a lot. And so my parents knowing that like potentially every time I left the house, I was going to get a gay bash or get into a fight or, or, you know, somehow have to protect myself. I know that that was part of like their fears were like true and their ignorance. Cause like I said, all my mom's friends were gay, gay men. They were fun. You go to clubs with them and like party and, and it's a good time you know and so that was her understanding of the gay world up until that point and so when she saw gay women in the world it was just like they were out of place she couldn't relate and she didn't know how to help me so when i'm saying reverse engineer it's like how do we avoid doing all those things um to somebody even if it's out of our own misunderstanding or fear because what i got was just the understanding that this was a disappointment and it was painful to my family and, and one of the things I was saying to you in that message is like, um, like there can't be this huge reaction, like, but it was the same thing, I'm, I'm left-handed. Okay, so again, olden days, <laughs> um, pre-wokeness or whatever. Maybe it's my Hispanic culture, maybe it's my family, whatever. Maybe it was like ignorance and, and small-mindedness. They, they were members of my family that didn't like that I was left-handed. I'm evil and I'm a witch. There's still that around, right? They would tie my hand behind my back to force me to write with my right hand. It didn't take away my left-handedness. Now I'm ambidextrous. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, I totally do. And and I love when you say re reverse engineer, because one of the things that I talk about a lot with parenting is talk to the 25-year-old version of your child before you have any yeah. like serious conversations with them. What does the 25-year-old need to hear today to be healthy when they're 25? And so I constantly at, check myself, like, am I implanting my points of view into their world? Am I projecting what they can or can't be here? Am I defining a moment for them that defines them as a person? And so how do we have conversations that have so much spaciousness around them to where they're in question about what they get to choose next, not, not what they don't get to choose or they don't have any new um, solidity in their world about what they can't choose or who they actually be. And so- yeah. I love the way that you're talking about this and what you actually wrote to me about the left-handedness. I would like to actually read. You said, um, she doesn't need to hide it or announce it or apologize for it. Just like she doesn't need to announce her period, her right-handedness, if she's a squatty pottyist and a front wiper or a leg to lift wiper. What's more important is that she feels comfortable enough, safe enough, valuable enough, curious enough to know that she has every right to figure all those things out by about herself and that she's not alone in the journey and that it's perfectly normal and common and that not everyone is as comfortable with their bodies or as in control of their hearts and minds or as intelligent and evolved enough to be as supportive as she deserves or as strong and self-aware as she is not yet they aren't but that's kind of normal too and what i loved that you went on in this message is that you actually encouraged me to talk to this young person um about having more allowance for the people who aren't there yet and so how right. did you um how did you come to that because i get that so much of all of the separation and clashing we have in our worlds whether it's race or whether it's religion or whether it's politics or whether it's 
vaxxers or anti-vaxxers or whatever, mask or no mask or gay or straight, any of those things, um, we come to such solid points of view and then we create the fight, which then only the fight only furthers um, the resistance and the separation. And so you talking about coming at this from adding her awareness of where she can choose allowance for the people who aren't there yet was huge for me. So um, I would love for you to kind of explore that on how you would, how we'd approach that conversation. Okay, so every day that I leave the house, somebody calls me, sir, every day. That's how you and I met. That's how you and I became friends, every day. I called you, sir. No, your son did, remember? Oh. I think, now I do. So real quick, just to give that story, because I don't want to just leave it out there, is that we were hanging out at a party at school. Nobody knew anybody. It was all adults, because it was cosmetology school. And there was this one little kid there playing. And I was like, I love kids, so I wanted to play with them. And, and I was like, all right, you're Spider-Man. And he's like, yeah, you do this, and you shoot me with the web, because he was like four. And I'm hanging out with a four-year-old, trying to avoid all these like super cool hair people, you know? <laughs> And, uh, and uh, he's like, mom, can he come over to our house and come play with me? And you're like, she, and he's like, yeah, like he didn't get it. He's like, but can he come over? And you're like, she, you're like trying to be like, she. <laughs> and I'm like, it's fine. It happens every day. Reverse engineering, when I was thinking about my stepdaughters as I was raising them, I wanted them to be empathetic people. I wanted them to be, like fully understanding themselves. I wanted them to be adult women who didn't need to be shown their bodies themselves by another person. When we were growing up, there weren't a lot of representation of like gay couples and stuff on TV. And so, and I know that that's, that's, that's the same for, you know, African-American kids who don't see themselves, you know, Hispanic kids don't see themselves represented, you know, at that time. And um, so it's like all of this, like kind of equality conversation too, but not just equality for like the workplace or, you know, and all of these other conversations, but how young people, um, they do have more of it now, but it's still not totally, you know, um, equalized across the board. And so, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this and, and also the reverse engineering thing also brought to my awareness of like how normalized every other choice is. So being hetero is normalized. So then now anything beyond it is wrong. So now we have to, we have to speak to it as if it's wrong, whether it's just one of choice out of many, like a buffet. Like if your kid went up and like picked up the pizza instead of the chicken wings, are they wrong or did they just choose? And so, you know, talking to your kids and having conversations from, from, from question and not projection or conclusion and, and like asking them questions about what it is they actually enjoy right. about this, this same sex. Like what actually is, what, what does intrigue them and go into it with wonderment because, you know, I know in, in, I've now spoken to a number of young people who are, are exploring this. And one of, one of the girls had said to me, actually, she's like, I just love the way a girl like smells and the way that like her touch and the softness of that. And so it was like, looking at that with her, it was almost like, as she explored it, she was kind of like, Oh, but I actually don't want to be in a relationship with a woman, but she had to go into it and not choose it. Cause how many of us are also the one who like, you told me I can't do something. Well, that's the first thing I'm going to do. Right. 
Yeah. <laughs> the minute you're like, that's bad and wrong. How much of us everywhere else in the world, we're like, then I'm definitely choosing it. Right. But if you don't have a charge and you just be a space for a kid to explore whatever they need to explore, they can get to where they want to go. Not based on your judgment or your sadness or your mourning or your projection of the perfect predictable future and um, actually explore more of their being. But yeah. And help them figure out I mean, feelings are confusing when you're that age. They're all hormonal and so much is going on and they might not be able to understand that just because they're enjoying the scent of a woman doesn't necessarily mean that they're any sexual anything. Maybe it just means you need more physical attention. Maybe your, your love language is developing. Maybe that just speaks to something that's missing in the household. Asking more questions and having curious wonderment to help them have, have that same thing instead of coming to a decision. Decisions seem so final and they're so young and there's like so much happening and evolving and, and there's things that don't have a name yet in their world that like, why is it so, so big? It should just lend to a conversation. You know, at some point they don't know anything about sex, birds and the bees. And we have all this like coded conversation around kids when they're little and we spell things out so that they don't know. And the love scene comes on and we're like earmuffs and like close your eyes and all that stuff. And then gets to the point where then, how do you know when it's time to have that conversation with them? Well, when they start asking. So this is that time now. It's just that the questions are going to be a little bit more complex and we have to be prepared for that in, in all avenues. So as a parent, you have to be prepared for, yeah. for that question of, of exploring touch and exploring emotion and exploring feelings and what does it mean? And sometimes it means nothing. It means that it's <laughs> brand new to you, you know? Yeah. Well, it's funny because you just showed me something. So my son, who, by the way, is 21 this year. Yeah. So Gross. you met him before, 21. Um, and he's, he's so much smarter than me, like smarter than most people. And so he, he also soaks in things like he can just learn, you know, a whole math lesson by just being in proximity to it. It doesn't, he doesn't actually study a lot, but he knows things. He, I Tom, call him my walking Snapple cap. He just has a ton of information in his head that may or may not be useless, but there'll be times when he comes home and he brings me something that I don't know anything about. And I literally sit there in wonderment and ask questions about what he knows about this thing. And it's so engaging to be like, oh, what is that like? So if your kid were to come home and say, Hey, here's this thing, this, these feelings I'm having for the same sex. If you don't have those feelings, what if you as a parent, and this is speaking to all of our listeners right now, like, what if you as a parent we're willing to sit there as if they were explaining trigonometry to you, or they're explaining, right. you know, evolution or whatever, you know, that you don't know a whole lot about, but they now have information that, that you can't fill in the blanks for them because you don't know. So if you were like, Hey, what do you know? What, tell me more and have them explore it um, from the actual exploration energy, not they're trying to get it right in your world. Yeah. Not they're trying to make you happy, but yeah. from, well, I don't know. Like, you know, this girl held my hand today when I was in line, I'm seven years old. And I thought I was supposed to feel the same way that like, I see mom and daddy when they hold hands and here's my exploration. And then just ask them questions because it doesn't have to be, like you said, it might mean nothing. I'm so asking the questions about what their understanding is, because if it's coming to, to the, what we're talking about, like sexuality and all these like emotions and feelings and, and what do I, what, what am I experiencing kind of stuff? Like they are attaching the closest definition, the, the, the most common terminology to, to what they're feeling. And it doesn't mean that those things are 
matching. It it doesn't mean that that it's about their sexuality at all or their attraction, but they don't know what to call it. When little kids see two people kissing, they think they just made a baby, you know, or that that when you marry someone, it's when you hold their hand or whatever. Mm-hmm. And cute when they're like four or five and they think that that's what marriage is oh my god it's so cute so this is just the next level of that right like I'm having feelings so it must mean (laughs) a equals b and it's like no not necessarily that and it's not necessarily that and it can be the more that we parent from no definition with no limitation, no, Hey, you made this mistake once. So now you're always this, like you have a kid, you know, who lies a lot. Now he's a liar and he can never be trusted. Well, that you keep that, that, that soundtrack running in the back of even on low in the back of his reality and his awareness to where he doesn't trust himself because he's told, been told so many times he is a liar, address the lie, not the kid address the lie. What is the lie creating? Why are you, why do you, why do you, feel like you have to keep choosing to lie because what you might find out is a kid who's lying all the time is a kid who actually has a fear of a consequence that doesn't match match the choice so you might have something to look at um and looking at the place of hey you know why do they feel like they have to hide from me what if i put into their world that i could change that they feel they have to hide into this from me because in a perfect world a space a spaciousness with parenting would be that we're all free to be us I'm a mom. I'm free to have a really shitty day and be an asshole and have to apologize. And they're a kid that's going to have bad days and learn some things and they might have to apologize for it. And that doesn't make the person right. It's just a day. And so if they can come explore anything with you, then they don't have to label themselves in order to stand on that, you know, mountaintop and shout and wave the flag of any color really and say i am now this and i you know dig my heels in they can have the fluidity of choice until they do know so they do have the awareness of what they like to choose and and no one asked you to sit down as a heterosexual person and out yourself to who you know you were attracted to so why are you doing that to to kids that that lean towards homosexuality that's the only topic here is how limited are you how much have you limited your exposure your understanding is what's what the limit is here and and so you don't go around judging people for not doing it that way like like don't hold judgment hold hold wonderment so maybe i need to explore my bubble and do a little bit more homework and research and understanding and growth then at least i could come to it with like hey this is as much as i know about it so far looking at what we can be as a parent when all of our stuff is up. Like I use the tools of access consciousness to ask questions before I go in any situation with my kids. So I'm like, who am I being right now? Cause a lot of us parent from how we were parented. It's just how it works for some reason. Um, so we have our reactionary reality that shows up and like, I'm supposed to be really mad right now. So then we'll create really mad. And then, uh, you know, accost our children with our anger when it wasn't really true for us. Um, yeah. And I, I often will ask questions like, who would I have liked to receive when I made a choice similar to this? Is it the, the parent who comes in and makes me feel like a piece of crap? Or is it the parent who actually receives me in my choice? And so then I ask to be that all the time. So for you, when you look back, what would you like to say to parents today who might be listening or who might be sending this podcast to a friend who they know is kind of going through this with one of their kids? Like, what would you encourage them to be even pragmatically. Um, and I know we've kind of sprinkled that throughout all of this, but 
if you could break it down kind of in a pragmatic way, like if they were going to approach a conversation, what's, what's their first question or what, what do you know that you would like them to hear? Um, I, I, in my old age, I feel like every scenario, every interpersonal sort of scenario that presents itself is just like vulnerability, like, like transparency and vulnerability. I would have loved if my parents were like, cool story. Anyways, you know, what else happened today? That would have been great for it to have not been an event. But, but so, so that's, that's the ideal. And, and some people will be there naturally and some people won't. But if you can, if you can articulate your feelings and, and, explain it to me like I'm five and and just be vulnerable and say I I don't know that I have answers and I don't know that I understand and I I would like to know more about your feelings and how you how you came to this so that I can help you with whatever you might think you need if and when you need it but but don't make assumptions that I'm confused and I'm broken and then put fixes on me like don't don't wrap me up in a blanket and and keep me sheltered and away from exploring this and and away from a big dangerous world prepare me for it like arm me for 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 that and what i'm going to encounter because if if you're loving this is going to be the best case scenario there will be a worst case scenario out there there will be opposition to us in any in any way, if it's political, if it's an identity, if it's any sort of like hot topic that's debatable for people. There are people that are going to tell me I'm wrong and I just don't know and I just don't understand and I just need to be reprogrammed or whatever. So, so have an understanding as far as you know of what your reaction is and articulate to me that this is my reaction and I've feel like we can do better than this together and and we can we can help each other and 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 as far as what is appropriate for whatever that age level is um but don't tell me no and don't tell me i'm wrong because how wrong could i be about when i'm telling you how i feel there's nothing wrong about feelings there's nothing wrong about that I can't be wrong in saying I am experiencing a human emotion right now. Don't come and say no. Um, yeah. So, so Go ahead. no, just that, just, just being transparent and vulnerable with what you're feeling and sharing that with me to say that you're ill-equipped maybe. Um, but that it's, it's not, it's it's a non-event. Yeah, I love the non-event idea because I, I also just saw where people are like, oh, I'm going to get this right as a parent. So now that my six-year-old is like, you know, I'm a little boy and I think I like little boys or whatever. Now they like throw a coming out party with, rain, you know, rainbow everything. Right. And now they've labeled him that way. And what if that wasn't what was actually going on? And so the non-event approach, I think, is ideal and yeah. it doesn't lock them into any definition and they can always choose um 
something different tomorrow if they feel like it, but they don't, then they don't have to uphold, you know, you, you making it right either, either. Yeah. Um, so Yvonne, you mentioned that parents could, you know, get vulnerable and be transparent and say, Hey, let's walk through this together. Cause I don't have all the answers. And I think that's true about anything, absolutely anything, not just sexuality and um, that journey. Um, but I, and I'd love to kind of explore a little bit because one of the things that you did say that, that brought a little rise in my world was, um, like to prepare them for what's out there. We can also be aware of where we're putting things in kids' world so that they look for them. And when you start looking for anything, you will find it. And where we can actually just open space and be there at a minute's moment's notice if something did happen. Maybe particularly in this conversation, because I don't know how, how much we can integrate that into our regular like stranger danger. These are all the dangers. But in this, it's that people won't understand. There are people who have beliefs or understandings because of where they're from that that are very defined that there's a right or wrong or there, there's there's only black or white and we live in a gray we just live in the gray and um and so you're going to sometimes be so very happy and satisfied in exploring this that you might encounter people who are just not okay with it and it may not be everyone right now and that's okay and that's okay so we'll just figure out who that that tribe is going to present themselves to be for us well i love that because that that is back to that conversation about allowance and then education but yeah. not from projection of life's going to be really hard for you now so here's all the things that are going to be hard for you i'm going to love you through it but it's definitely going to be hard so, but yeah. if we don't come from that place, if we come from, Hey, you know, same with like, you know, talking to your kids about the internet, what if talking to your kids about sexuality was the same as talking to their kids about the internet? Like, Hey, there, there are creeps out there that are, that are going to prey on young people. You have to be aware. And with the tools of access, we talk about empowering kids to know that they know and really getting them to trust themselves and know that they know when, you know, someone across the street, like you said, in your story, is going to walk over and be um, uh, aggressive towards them, that they know that with their knowing and they can trust that and they can make a choice based on their knowing. Not every person that crosses the street towards them is going to be an aggressor or you know perform with some sort of attack, but they can be in their awareness all the time. And um, that that's actually the greatest uh, tool that they have is to be that way with anybody, regardless of your, of your uh, sexual orientation or whatever that is, that you can always have an, your awareness about people and about situations and, but not to make this conversation even wider than the conversation that we have about the internet or about stranger danger or about, you know, anything like that. Well, thank you, Yvonne, for this conversation. I know it'll contribute a lot to parents and people that even aren't parents that just could use a little bit more awareness around this topic. Um, so Every interview, I ask my guests a question, and it is that this podcast is called The Power of Being You. If you had to write the show's description, what would you tell people that the power of being you is? Wow. Wow. I, I wish I had this question before we started so I could come up with something like really articulate. 
Um, that would have been fun though for me. <laughs> I, I'm glad that you're enjoying this. What is the power of being you? The power of being you is is the the power that you have to figure out who you is. You, you have the power, you have the obligation to figure out who you are so that you can present yourself wholly in the world and be prepared for what's to come of that. Like what ripple effect is that going to have, you know, and, and being, being allowed to be you without seeking permission and without seeking um, seeking acknowledgement, also be you for you, not for anybody else's palette. I love that. Not creating a palatable reality. Yeah. Having, having yourself regardless. Well, I want to say thank you so much, Yvonne, for taking the time to chat with me today about this oh so hot topic and what if we are creating a world by having this conversation where this topic does not have to be hot any longer so if people would like to reach out to you um in any way where, where can they find you i mean the easiest way is just my instagram my instagram handle is ebon31 i don't it's generic it's e b o n 31 that's me. You see me post about work and simple things about life. Yeah. Well, Yvonne is open to hearing from you. If you would like to DM her, she is open and willing and said she will not turn anyone away if she can contribute. So I am so grateful for you and I'm grateful for our 17 years of friendship. Yeah. And I'm grateful for how you be in the world. So Thank you, everybody. We will see you next week with another episode of the Power of Being You podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Power of Being You podcast. If this conversation has been a contribution to you, please share, subscribe, or leave a review. For more information about being you or to learn more about the amazing tools of access consciousness, you can go to www.accessconsciousness.com. How much fun can you have exploring the power that comes with truly being you?